Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 we're back, we're black, we're brown. Ambition, 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 ambition. Normally I would say, hey manager, how are you? But unfortunately, Mandy's out um, sick today. She's not feeling well. She's got, um, she actually lost her voice, but y'all got me, you know, I'm loud enough for the both of, both of us. Well, I'm super excited uh, because we have a special guest in studio today. If you listen to our BAQAs, which air on Fridays. Oh, look at me. That was a little rhyme. BAQAs airs on Fridays. You know that we answered a question from a gentleman named Mr. Kid, aka Kevin, about a concern he had about his wife, uh, maybe not taking um, a job uh, that she was more than qualified for and why. And so we got Mr. Kevin together. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> we are here. We got him together, and um, his wife co-signed. She was like, "Who said that? I didn't think that I was ready. I may not want to do it." You know what I'm saying? And so it was awesome. And so we actually invited Kevin um, to come chat with us today, so we could talk money and relationships and and career and relationships and just all things, you know. So welcome, Kevin. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, fantastic. I get to defend myself, okay? Why? Because listening to y'all had me afraid for my life as I listened to that podcast. I was like, everything I said yeah, I was in love. And I'm listening back like, I ain't mean to say it like that. No, we know, we know. So maybe for those who didn't, you know, didn't get a chance to listen to that BAQ, we should put the link. I'm going to ask Imani, our um, producer, to put the link to that episode in the show notes so you guys can listen but maybe just give us a, a brief overview of like what what why you wrote in and um and what happened after yeah okay well first let me just tell you i really discovered you ladies listening to okay. cumulus radio and those wonderful um commercials y'all were doing on cumulus and i was scrolling through facebook one day and i saw the budget nista reads dr and as a DR devotee, I was like, well, let me go see what she's seeing, uh, saying about my boy DR. And I listened in and I was like, nothing she said was off base or, you know, she made valid points. And then I just got hooked from there. And uh, in terms of that letter, though, you know how your spouse comes home and they, and they complain about work every day. Anybody ever have that? Like every day there's a complaint, like they should do this. They should do that. They should do this. And that particular day I was sitting right where I'm sitting right now. And I had just had enough. I was like, I need help because this isn't a toxic job. This isn't, you know, um, a overly stressful workplace. This is a place that loves her, adores her, 
wants her to do the best. And I was just confused. Like, why aren't you taking this money? They are literally throwing money at you. Take it. And uh, when she didn't take it, I said, I need some help. And that's yeah. when I wrote into so, you. What was our? What did we tell you, Kevin? What did we? What did we? What did we have we had said to you that make you say? Oh. All right, so okay. let's go through it. So first, Kevin is a very common name, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> and if you recall, you were like Kevin. I know you're not using your real name. <laughs> but uh, then from there, y'all gave me some of the most transformative advice. You know, my marriage has leveled up. I'm I'm not using hyperbole. I'm not speaking, you know, in exaggerations. We literally leveled up because the advice was, one, shut up and listen. (laughs) Right. And then two, the advice was understand that some people know that enough is enough for them. Right. And listening to you talk about your experience with your husband, Jarrell, it resonated so much with me because you were like, I was like, he needs to go get it. And he can be. That's me. That's me. I'm like, Tina, come on. They can do this. They can do that. You can do this. You'll run the whole department. Right. And, and she's just like, no, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> right. So from there, uh, you guys really leaned in on talking to me about how my wife could be a role model already. And that's why I really wanted to confront confront Mandra because I thought she was going to get me killed. When, no, because, uh, I, because in your letter, you said something to the fact that like, you know, you, you know, her taking this like higher level position, you know, would, you know, would just increase, would, would uh, she was, that she would be a role model to your, you have a daughter, right? And then so Mandra. Yes. And I was yeah, speaking but specific, then Mandy, Well, because we can only go by what you right now, Kevin. You know what I'm saying? We can't, we can't, we, we can't minds and thoughts and prayers. And so Mandy was said um, that you know that basically your wife, as she is, is already a role model. She doesn't need to have a big fancy job in order to do so. I know that wasn't your intention, obviously. We know, you know, but I wanted to. It's because when we just know that when we're answering these letters, um, Kevin, it's not just for the person writing in; it's for the whole of the audience who might be. You know, thinking, you know, thinking that, you know, that like somehow that just because you can do something means that you ought to, you know, be, that more is more yeah. or thinking that, you know, I ought to do something. So that way my children can then look up to me and we want to dispel those things. You know, we weren't trying to get on you. Well, we were a little bit, but we weren't trying to fully get on you because we also <laughs> wanted to say, like, you know, let's dispel that you have to do. You know, you can be a stay at home mom and a role model. You can be a teacher and a role model. You can be, you know, a president and a role model, you know, but though it doesn't, being a role model is not about these external validating things, you know, it's really about how you navigate as a person through life. And so we just wanted to make that clear. So. And and thank you for saying that. And again, I was specifically talking about in relation to negotiations and, uh, but when you guys read it, I heard it in a whole different light and I began immediately apologizing, uh, <laughs> buying Aww. flowers, buying candy, <laughs> you know, groveling. Oh, you don't have to grovel, but I'm, I'm sure she liked the flowers and the candy. Do you know my wife? Do you know, is Tina do you in know the, my wife? Is, is Miss I Tina have in to the room? <laughs> okay. No, she's not here yet. So thank God. Because <laughs> she probably made me <laughs> grovel she, um, right now. Well, Okay. She did okay. finally okay. listen to the said. episodes and um, 
I think after I wrote that um, second letter follow up where I was talking about how transformative your advice was, I know she listened because she started treating me so much better. I mean, I I just felt Aww. like a king. And let me say again for the record, she's beautiful, <laughs> gorgeous, <laughs> ten times smarter than me, and a gift okay. from God. I okay. have my soulmate, okay? So, but yeah, and then when I had written in for that second letter, it took me a while. So it took me about a month to send something back because we had some real transformative conversations. I mean, because think about it. How many spouses out there feel the same way I did? Like, if you would just, if you would just do this, if you would just do that. And just by being able to listen and really listen, not listen to tell her what to do, but listen to hear, oh, this is what you've been trying to say to me for the past six months. Like, I don't feel comfortable in my role. I miss my supervisor who left. I'm really ready for a change. Right. And that's when we started talking and I started really listening and asking questions about what do you want? What's out there? What's possible? And so let me just tell you this. The laughter that you two had on my (laughs) second letter still warms my heart to this day to know that I can bring out so much joy. Well, from my you know, pain. Yeah, and I wrote that. I wrote that. Because the letter was like, hi, ladies, let me open with saying how wonderful, beautiful, amazing. We said that that Miss Tina was was standing over Kevin's shoulder like, yeah, wonderful, uh-huh, beautiful, write that down. No, beautiful, put that. So we were just teasing that, that she coached him on the letter, be like, uh-uh, go ahead on and tell the ladies how amazing I am. I know, we were just teasing, but share the aftermath. So you said that, you know, it, it allowed you to take a step back and and rethink about, you know, what it is that how you were navigating with your wife. And and so like what one, what are some core lessons you learn and, and what's the aftermath of those lessons? OK, so the biggest lesson I learned is figuring out what environment your spouse is comfortable advancing in. Because the thing about I learned about my wife is when she has a great supervisor who she feels supports her and can help her navigate, she'll jump into those roles. But when she doesn't have that, no amount of money, no amount of praise, (laughs) nothing is going to get her to step in there because she wants that support. And, you know, just thinking about other spouses going through this with me because you get so frustrated because I grew up in that area. If your boss offers you money, you take it. Right. And you just work your way up. But for a lot of people, like you said, enough is enough and they're grown. But learning. All right. What is it that will make them move? And here's a question I have for you, because there's a difference for me in knowing when your spouse has enough and knowing when something's wrong. Right. And I think for me in this situation, I knew something was wrong. I just didn't know how to get to it and help her. And so I was curious about your thoughts on the difference between the two of those, like knowing when they're they have enough and knowing really when something's wrong. One of the things I learned um, being with Jarrell for a number of years is that for both he and I is that sometimes um, even just asking the question, are you? 
Are you just wanting to share or are you looking for feedback? You know, it's, a, it's okay to ask that clarifying question because sometimes I just want to rant. I'm not looking for you to fix it. Um, oftentimes if you're in a, you know, a, a male-female relationship, men tend to want to fix, you know? And it's like, nah, I'm just, I'm just talking. You know, like, I just want you to listen, don't go fix it, you know? <laughs> you know, so asking that clarifying question. Um, but also, bigger than like you kind of going in to kind of save the day, is the safer the environment that you create for anyone to like be able to share, whether it's your child, your bestie, your spouse, whomever, creating a super safe environment, they will come to you. You know, but also you also have to acknowledge it's not your job to fix it. You know, like not for adults, you know, and it's hard because I'm a fixer too. You know, I'm like, well, what's wrong? We could, yeah. do this, we could do And it's like, it's really not my job to fix it. It's my job to create a super safe environment where this person feels comfortable coming to me for anything. And if they ask for help and certainly you could offer, you know, is this something you'd like me to help you with? You know, if they say no, allowing them to figure it out on their own, but always letting them know the light is still on. If ever you're wanting my help on this, I'm here. I know it can be hard to watch people struggle on their own, but that is a human existence, right? You like you are in charge yeah. of your journey and path. And so so that's what I just say that like, you know, creating a safe environment and you have to reaffirm that environment. You can't just say it once. It's like and it's not just saying it, it's it's doing it because a safe environment looks like this. Like, let's just say, um, you know, for example, parent to child. If I tell my mom, you know, when I'm a kid or a teenager, like, you know, I was out with my friends and they started smoking. They were smoking. Would you smoke it? Oh, I already know. I can't tell her nothing. <laughs> you know, yeah. but if I'm like, I was out with my yeah. friends, mom, and you know, they were smoking. Okay. And you know, they asked me to smoke. Okay. But I didn't want to, but I'm not really sure how to say, you see, like it's, it's, it's like what yeah. you don't say oftentimes, it's not just what you do say. So creating that environment where it's like, okay, well, whenever I tell Kevin something, it's a safe space to just share. And if I do need help, he's there. And when I don't need help, he doesn't force help on me. This is a safe space. I think that's the best thing you could do in a relationship. That Jarrell and I got really good at that right before he passed away, which is like really creating a super safe environment where you could share anything, you know, and not feel like the other person was going to get angry with you, judge you, or try to wrestle away control and fix it for you. Wow. It's it's interesting because that's the space we got into. And that's why I felt my marriage leveled up because, you know, it, it put us into that old marriage advice about fix it, feel it or forget it. You know, that's something someone told me a long time ago. Ask your wife, literally, do you want me to fix it? Do you just want me to feel your pain or do you want me to just listen, let you rant and forget it? And in this space, she really wanted me to feel her frustration and I was able to listen and and listen with an open mind and not answers like you said not fixing and what we began to talk about is okay I've got you so we're well enough in life that if you are so stressed out that you need to step away I've got you we're well enough that if you need to find another job with a pay cut just for your happiness I've got you and that really resonated with her and just to show you how good God is, uh, just, man, that follow-up was in August. I think it was September. She started getting calls about new jobs. 
She interviewed and she See? got hired in a See? new job uh, on October 31st, making okay. more money. Good. She's happy. She's coming home talking about See? all the great stuff at work rather than a pop or uh, complaining. And just to see that smile on her face, because, again, my letter was really about my wife is hurting and I I don't know how to help her. Please help me help her. And you ladies, I can't even tell you how grateful I am, because honestly, I'm going to be honest. We have we had a great marriage. I mean, like outstanding to hear that that advice or and see what it has done to us and taking us to another level is just mind blowing. Oh so my thank gosh. you so I much. I love that. Like I say <laughs> that. Like I, I was just talking to a friend of mine who um, is struggling in his marriage, and um, he, we were just talking, and you know, he was just asking me like, how did you manage? to grow from, you know, like, cause I told him, I was like, but by the time Gerald passed away, we had elevated from good to great in our marriage. And I said, well, a few things in the beginning, certainly it's, 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 it's a bit of a struggle. It's like dancing on a dance floor with a new dance partner. You're like stepping on each other's toes. You're not really sure which, what's the beat you going left, you going right. Like what, you know, so it's a little bit of a, and sometimes people yes. mistake that initial kind of like um, awkwardness for we must not met, be meant to be together. And it might be that, you know, you might have the wrong dance partner, but it could just be, you have to find the beat and the rhythm. You know, and so yes, and yes. your own rhythm because I, I will attest to that because early in our marriage, we would argue over. My mama said, yes. "Fold the towels this way." Well, yes. my mama said, "Fold the towels <laughs> that way," and it was like, "Okay, yes. well, how are we going yes. to fold That's the towels?" That's one of the biggest pieces of advice I told him. I said, when Jarrell and I decided, like maybe it was like a year and a half in, I said, "You know, babe, let's let's make um, a pact that we come up with our own rules, rules that we keep just between us." We're not sharing that with our family, friends, sister, cousin, mother. We make up our own rules for our relationship and that's what we abide by. And it was so great and freeing because you know, it's not like my, well, my girlfriend said we shouldn't do it like that. Nope, nope, nope. It was like, these are our rules. And if ever we wanted to change them, it's just me and you that have to to get consensus. All right, Kevin, hold that thought real quick because we're going to break for commercial and we're gonna come right back. Isn't this such a great conversation? You know it is. Send us a tweet at Brian Ambition, The Budget Nista, Mandy Money. If you're loving this conversation, we'll be back in a moment. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350. 50 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. That was the key. We had to get consensus. And so we started making up rules. We, we had rules of disagreement even. For example, if we disagree, how do we want that to go? So we had a few rules for that. It was like one, so I grew up in a yelling household. And so like his was like no yelling. I was like, okay, fine, I guess, right? <laughs> two, Jarrell had a kind of a potty mouth. I mean, he grew up in a hood, so he would just in common conversation be like, this mother effer said, can you believe that, babe? Which was fine <laughs> in general conversation, but I told him when we're in disagreement, like cursing sounds yeah. crazy. So, you know, even though you might not be yes. cursing at me, that's what it feels like. So I was like, so erase yep. that from your memory when we're, when, so for me, it was, no cursing, even if you're not, you know, like he wouldn't curse at me, but like, you know, like I said, his normal cadence would just be like, you know, he's gonna slip in a curse here and there, right? So I'm like, but not wearing this when we're in disagreement. So he was both said, okay. No, cause yes. that'll escalate and then it. The third one, which was a rule <laughs> that transformed our relationship, um, is that we created a safe word. And the safe word for us was pineapples. Wow. And that was when we had went from, like if a disagreement went from helpful to hurtful, you know what that goes. You know, when you're like, yeah. you, you're just trying to yeah. win at this point. And so yeah. our, so we, 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 we came up with this word pineapples and it was for if I felt like, or he felt like, you know, you're getting to a place where it's not healthy anymore. Because sometimes, like, let's just say if I'm in the, I'm like, oh, I'm about to get him good. I'm about to get him good. He'll be like, pineapples, I'm right? And I'm win. like, what? Pineapples means everything <laughs> stops. No more talking. You go upstairs, yeah. I go downstairs, we separate. You know? And it would be, it was so frustrating in the beginning. Because I'm like, oh, he only did that because I was about to win. You know, and so, and so I remember one time I didn't want to, I didn't want to respect pineapples. He said, oh, we not respect the pineapples because when you need it, and, but when I tell you it was so helpful because what it did was it was like um, a shock to the system to say, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. This is the person that you love. You're about to say something hurtful and harmful. And so it, it made us stop and we had gotten so good at it that we didn't even have to say pineapples anymore the, the year he passed away. It was, we, it, we, I would internally self-correct. You know what I mean? So we got yeah. to a point, like my sister lived with us for like, like almost two years. And she was like, do you guys ever argue? And we really didn't. We, had ne we didn't let it escalate <laughs> because we got trained that yeah. muscle of, is this hurtful? Is this helpful? You know, but I would always tell him, and, and for those of you in relationships, just even like, you know, with your kids or whomever, we would always remind ourselves that like, I would visualize that we were wearing the same jersey. You know, like, so if yeah. I have on the, the Bulls jersey and you have on a Bulls jersey, so what do I look like tripping you to sink a basket, right? Because if, I, if you lose, right. the team loses, therefore I lose too. 
You know, Amen. like I cannot win over you because if I win over you, then you lose and we all lose. And so even when we were like gearing up for like a disagreement, like I would I would visualize, yo, you, yo, this man has on the same jersey as me. So like me winning is not yeah. really a win. I cannot win without him. We have to both win in this. And so that just helps a lot. And I just, I love to hear because the world will tell you that like there are no successful black relationships, you know? And that like yeah. black love is dead or just love in general. And, um, or that everything is struggle love, whatever that means. And, you know, I'm here to say that, not that I know like a, a, a ton, but I know a good enough amount of people who are realistically happily married. Not that everything's always ra rainbows and butterflies, but realistically happily married, meaning like they're like you, Kevin and Tina, where you're actively working on your marriage. You are reaching consensus from a place of love and respect. And that's why it gets stronger and better. And so just I really commend you for that. Well, and thank you for sharing your journey. Uh, it has been so like heartwarming to see you go through your journey of healing and sharing that with all of us. And honestly, listening to you, it, it inspires me to be a better husband because, you know, for those of us who have gone through loss, it really makes you really pay attention to the things that really matter and, and focus in. So I just wanted to make sure before this conversation gets too far in to say thank you for sharing that and just say this. For those who are going through and arguing like you, we had the benefit of a roommate for like the first three years of our marriage. So we couldn't really <laughs> shout at each other. We just had to like, like sort of talk our points out and we would literally talk through him. He was like, well, don't you think I'm right? Don't you think I'm right? And I tell people all the time that really helped us in our marriage to understand how to have a disagreement instead of an argument. And at the end of the day, a house in discord, nobody wins, right? If you and your spouse are mad or one's mad, it's not good for anybody. But when you have that harmony and uh, I'm sorry, hi, she Tina. just walked in. So I had to catch her. Come say hi real quick, girl. I know you shy. <laughs> I, I know like, you yes, shy. Come on, on real camera. quick, Tina. Yes. Let me see your beautiful face. Yes. Hi, beautiful yes. lady. How are you? Yes, I'm <laughs> And she is, man, let me tell you what an extra uh, introvert she is. To do that, she probably might have to go take a nap now. So, you know what? Here's the thing that's crazy too, because people, I am an extrovert introvert, meaning that like, certainly I can like, you know, put it on, but it's, it's quietly, I'm actually really, really shy. You know, and so after I do the thing, yeah. I got to take a nap because it's just so overwhelming. I have just learned to like yeah. through my shyness. But um, no, so I totally understand. But no, but yeah. So in dealing with those situations, the biggest thing for me is and a question I had for you is when you have these spouses who are alphas and this just isn't a husband. We have wives who are the alpha or the breadwinner. And you have the spouse that may not be making, you know, as much as the other one, but you want to push them to go up to that next level. I mean, how do you have that conversation? Because a lot of times for me, my pushing is about the stress of trying to provide for everybody. Right. And trying to share that burden. And that's something I was able to communicate like. You know, we got retirement coming up. Our daughter's in college. You know, we got another son in college. The more money we make, the easier it'll be 
So just having those conversations and recognizing when it's about their needs and when it's about your needs versus no, I, I know exactly you see what, what I'm saying? saying? It was the same with Jarrell and I saw. Okay. Candidly, he never made over $60,000 a year. And, you know, mm-hmm. I could take upwards of seven figures home, you know? And so certainly there were times when I'm like, babe, you know what? You could do this. And, and because you're a super for, for housing, you know, we could buy all these like apartment buildings and da, 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 you know? And he'd be like, um, okay, you know? And I'm like, ah! Or like when I first met him, because he's really smart, I was like, why don't you go back to school and you could get your degree in this? And yeah. you know, and he's been like, ah, I don't know if I want to go back to school. And so I was so frustrated by that in the beginning, until like I remember the first time I, I took my, um, he was my boyfriend at the time, to meet like my parents, and my dad was getting on him about going to school, and I didn't like it because I thought to myself, who are you to tell him? how he ought to live his life. And then I had to look and say, oh, pick up that mirror tip. You don't like it. That's you, sis. You see how I look? You see how that look? You know? And I was like, oh. So this is what I learned when it comes to that, is that he and I, again, had to make up our own rules. So, because especially the dynamic is, you know, like um, switch because he was the man and he wanted to be the provider, although I did not necessarily need a financial provider. So what we decided was that we were going to live within the means that he could provide, you know? And so, so what that meant, like, so I remember we were living, so I moved in with him, um, uh, maybe like two years into like dating and um, rent was super cheap. It was like, you know, cause he, because he worked for housing, we actually lived like on campus and it was like 900 bucks a month, Okay. you know? And so I was like, well, how much do you want me to put toward rent? He was like, well, I was paying it before you got here. I'm paying it now. I said, okay. Right. So he continued to pay like all the bills and I was building the budget. Nista, I mean, I was already like five years in the budget. Nista was making six figures, but I said, okay. Um, and since we weren't like married, you know, I didn't really start setting aside for both of us until like we got engaged. But when we got engaged, it was like, okay, you, how about this? You pay the bill. So we keep our life under what the, what the bills you can afford. And I will save and invest the money that I'm bringing in. And so, so the way it played out was I was like, he always wanted to be a homeowner and I'd already bought a condo when I was like in my twenties and I lost it to foreclosure. And I'm like, you know, I'd like a house too. And so we were looking for homes and it was hard because it was like, okay, we could only look for homes that his pay could cover. So some of the homes, you know, where we're looking at, I didn't really like, I was like, I don't like this one. I don't like this one. I don't like that neighborhood. But I realized, well, maybe we're looking at it um, in an incorrect way, right? So the, the, his, his main desire was, I should be able to continue to pay our bills. I want that. If you don't want to do budget no more, you don't have to. I got you. So then I thought, well, babe, what if we do this? A foreclosure came up on the market. It was $180,000. And I said, what if we purchased that home cash with the money I have saved and invested for us? Because my job was to save and invest, your job to pay the bills. What if we purchased that home? that $180,000 home with that money, which we did, and then we renovated it. Now, I can get the house that I want in the neighborhood that I want, and guess what? We don't have a mortgage. So like, so, so the oh, monthly bills that. actually decreased. And so we found ways like that to navigate versus me saying, go make more money. You know, which is, which is you know, it wow. was more so, how do we make the money that we do have work for both of us? And so he loved the fact that he was like, yo, I pay all the bills in the house because, you know, which like I said, there's no mortgage. And same thing, that's how we bought our cars too. 
So I purchased a car for myself and then his car was like getting old and I was like, well, why don't we get you a car with the money that we have in our savings that I've been saving? So we purchased his car, purchased my car, no car note, but he paid the insurance, you know? Wow. And let me get some of that <laughs> if you don't mind, because that is good stuff, boy. And I want to just jump rope in there. But you are dead on because like you are the textbook example. Like back in the 90s, I used to read Essence, you know, full <laughs> disclosure. And literally Essence was would talk about these black women who were making these six-figure salaries dating people who didn't have that college degree or were working in the skills and the trades and how to balance that and make that work. And now you see that more and more where people are making it work. And the trick really is how do we go from we to us Right. And still make people feel like yes. they're valued in the relationship because you allow Jarrell to still keep that that protector, provider, manhood thing that we all strive to give. I want to protect her. That's why I'm always trying to fix it. I want to protect my daughter. That's why I'm always signing her up for <laughs> Mandy's courses and pushing them on her. Right. I want to protect and provide. And by allowing us to do that. Man, I can't even tell you how happy that yeah. makes all of us. And I hope people I mean, are listening honestly, to the like, advice. You would Go tell ahead. me all the time, like, babe, thank you so much for never making me feel like, you know, feel bad or feel less than or feel, you know, because sometimes I'd have to remind him. I'm like, babe, you know, we're millionaires. He was like, we are. I'm like, do you look at our bank account, <laughs> our investment account, you know? And so um, because, I mean, he was still wearing his brown uniform to work as a super you know, yeah. like, and so, and, and, and somebody might be listening, but like, so you lived less than a life. I said, it, it didn't feel less than to me. Cause for one, one, if you know me, mm -hmm. like Jarrell's not here, I'm still in the same house. I'm still wearing my targets best. Like that's yeah. my, like I, it was yeah. a fit for me because I was already living in that way. So if I'm going to splurge, so, so the things that I would pay for, for myself to splurge were vacations. You know, I, I didn't have the expectation he would pay for my vacations. Now I also looked after my parents. That was a bill that he he didn't you know take care of because I was like these are my parents this is my responsibility I gave them money every month and so it allowed us like creating things like that like creatively figuring out how do we do this dance so you, I can honor the fact that you are the protector pro provider but this is something that I'd like for us to have and so there's no right or wrong that's what I mean about creating your own internal rules for yourself and your your relationship yes. and if you can do that you know like I said I you know I made a significant amount of money and yet you know like, I, like, for example, it wasn't until I was in college that I realized that my mom made way more than my dad. I never knew. She was a nurse and he was an accountant. And I was just like, she was like, with the overtime or whatever, she was making almost double. And I didn't know. Yeah. Because also, too, same in that, you know, it didn't, they didn't let it affect the dynamics of their relationship, you know? And so I just think, I, th I think the, the rule is there is no rules except for the ones that you create for yourself, you know, when it comes to your how you navigate your relationship, especially when it comes to, to money. So I'll say for you, um, Kevin, when it comes to you and Tina, you know, her, the, on, the only solution is not just, Tina gotta make more money. You know, I want you to explore yeah. what are some other solutions? Because two, you have to get to the root of what are you really saying? What are you really wanting? You know what I mean? Like, oh, I want safety and I want security and I want to have enough for, so, okay. So is it Tina gotta make more money or the money we do make, do we manage that better? Is, 
You see what I mean? Oh, wow. It might be that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like, you know, it might yeah. be that. It might be like, you know, are there some things that we really don't need that actually could put that put that money toward retirement? You know, are there some ways to cut back? You know, it might be that. I don't know. Only you would know. No, you know? you're and dead so, on. Like, so, you know, I don't want you to, just in anything, don't get so stuck that the only solution is dot, 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 dot. There's never just one solution, especially when it comes to your finances, you know, that you want to explore, like, what other ways, like, is the only way for us to get a house that Jarrell has to qualify for a mortgage? No. It's, we found the foreclosure, paid for a cash, now we ain't got to worry about a mortgage. You see what I mean? So there is alternative solutions. I do. You know, for you to navigate, but get to the root of what you're really saying that you want and then put both of your heads together to figure out what are different ways to achieve the same solution. And so, yeah. Wow. And, and you know, that's such good advice. And you've got to, I have got to be able to sit with myself and say, what am I really needing? Why am I pushing for this? We make more than enough money. And I have learned from the past that when we used to make more money and then go out and get a new car payment and lose all that money that we made, you know, but it comes down to can you manage what you have? Because increase can come through Ooh, decrease. Sorry. And I've learned that listening to I'm you guys. About. You guys, the tambourine. <laughs> come on. He said increase. Don't make right? me shout. Can come right. through decrease. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, Kevin, this has been. Hey, if my pastor <laughs> listens, I just gave you a sermon for Sunday. I love that. Kevin, you are awesome. Any last words for the people? You know what? The last word I would say is one of the reasons why I was so happy that y'all called me on is I know that there are so many spouses going through the same thing that I'm going through and it's causing stress on your marriage. And the more we talk about it, the more we're able to deal with it. So I want to thank you for having me on. Thank you for talking to me. I just gave away two copies of your book last week. I'm giving away three copies at Christmas and uh, I'm about to give my daughter that Good. Mandy scripts Good. for negotiating. <laughs> so now get some gear yeah. so we can buy well, no, a If you go to um, brownambitionpodcast.com, I feel like we have gear on there. Take a look. I, I'm almost positive we have some. Okay. All right. So brownambition.com, yeah. get your gear. <laughs> I will go there asking everybody to go with me because I'm your you. biggest fan and now I'm promoting yeah, your thank merch. thank you. So honestly, Kevin, you're an awesome <laughs> guest. Thank you so much. I mean, I know you're a private person, but if you do have any social media that you mind people following or anything, you don't have to. I'm just like... <laughs> No, I do, but you're going to laugh because you know how you have that 90s uh, email address? Well, uh, my uh, my Instagram name is oh Gigolo Tony. G-I-G-O-L-O-T-O-N-Y. Hey, hey it's, it's a 1980s rapper okay. from Miami. It's a look okay. up Smurf Rock. All right, you'll love Gigolo it. Tony. All right, <laughs> go uh, ahead and follow him. <laughs> and you'll see some of the best salads. And uh, you can hit me up at Facebook, Kevin Kidd. Uh, we do a lot of great things from uh, coaching youth soccer and empowering girls to bringing after school programs to youth in detention. That. So you're welcome. Thank Kevin you so K much. K-I-D-D for those of you listening. Gigolo Tony. For those of you who know what he's talking about, tweet me. Right? Who's from Who's from Florida of a certain <laughs> age? Okay. <laughs> there you go. That yes. Miami base. Right. So thank you so much. And thank you for inspiring me. Hopefully this will be the first in my journey to realize my dream of becoming a motivational speaker through your example and just I tell tell Tina I uh, said love you. Opinion.
I will. And she said hello back over there from the corner. Hey, BA fam, we could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. The Brown Ambition podcast is produced by Cumulus Podcast Network. It's edited by the wonderful Imani Crosby and produced by Tanya Bustos. Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru. And I am Mandy Woodruff-Santos, your co-host. And I will see y'all next week. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.